And Father, that is our prayer, that our eyes would be upon you and up only upon you, and that you would continue to work, that you would continue to move the mountains that we are facing. God, our hope is in you, and I pray that any time we put our hope and trust in anything or anyone other than you, that you would bring that to our mind's eye immediately so we can confess that. Father, thank you that you have said uh, you will never leave us, you'll never forsake us, that, you, that it's in our weakness that your strength is shown. And so we put our hope and trust in you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. It is good to have uh, all of you today, and thanks for making worship an important part. As we talk about impact, the importance of, of living a life in such a way that we have impact, we're calling it engaging, that we engage. Uh, so prayer through the Father before us. We do this for just a moment as it works about that we would do this in such a way that we run the race with endurance, the race that God has called us. And how do we do that? How do we end up, because all of us want to have impact. We don't just want to hydroplane uh, through life. But how do we make sure that we have a, a, a godly impact on the lives around us? Well, it's found in verse 2, and we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. Our life is, be, is to be shaped by where we put our focus if you did our uh, Bible.com reading, the version reading, you'll remember this phrase. We must pay more attention to the who of our calling than the how. Isn't that awesome? That we must be more driven by paying attention to the who of our calling. And that's exactly what Paul is saying, or the writer of Hebrews. Uh, kind of let my bias reach out there. Uh, but the author of Hebrews uh, saying, let us run with peace do this by keeping our eyes, uh, and especially as you put in praying, as you step in for many of the things that are changing around us, thing or any, any, anyone else. Thank you that you have called each one circular relationships that, that we get our eyes off of what you've called us to do and, and put our eyes on something else, that we would be reminded that we're to keep our eyes upon you and upon you only and, Father, for all the prayer requests that come in, God, may that be the case. Certainly we want prayers to be answered. But, Father, ultimately we want uh, our lives to, to, to reflect where we're looking. And that is upon you. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we've been talking about the power of engagement. And when we look at the life of the disciples, those who were followers of Jesus, they didn't go to church. They were the church. They were engaged, and we have defined the word engagement as how we one lays out the genuine faith. So here's where we've been so far, uh, is in Jesus Christ alone, more than anything else, we want to make sure, because all of us live by faith. We all live by faith. We all put our faith, or that biblically, that genuine faith is in Christ and in Christ alone. Two things we've talked about. God wants to be obvious in your life. He wants to be obvious in all of your life. And God wants you to make him obvious to others. And so as we have impact on the lives around us, it begins by making sure that we're living out of the overflow, out of a genuine faith in Jesus Christ. We also know that impact comes in this way. Engagement includes authentic relationships. So let's talk a little about the impact of authentic relationships. One of the great myths of relationships is that they are something to be found. 
So stay with me for just a minute. When we look for meaningful relationships, when we look for authentic relationships, not higher planning, not just being nice, it is it's totally important for us uh, in our walk with Jesus. Our tendency is we think that authentic relationships are something to be discovered. Uh, we think of it, if I can just find the right person, if I can just find uh, the right uh, it must be somewhere found. The problem is that with that, most of the time, not all the time, we can move from relationship to relationship. We can move from city to city. We can find ourselves moving from church to church. If we can just find the right people, we can find the right situation. We can find the ideal, authentic community. It exists somewhere. I just need to find it. How unrealistic, not to mention, it is crazy thinking to think that it is somewhere to be found. Authentic community is not something you find. It's something you form, something you build. It's about becoming the right person. It's becoming the right employee. It's about becoming the right employer. It's about becoming. It's something that we work at. Because we rarely, I, I don't know the last time I've drifted into anything from what is important. Relationship, job to job, uh, space to space, looking for the right situation. And again, I'm not, I'm not down on finding the right person. I'm not down on finding the right job. If all of us want to operate that is found and not formed, we're going to be uh, sorely disappointed. So why is there confusion? We start with Hebrews 12, talk about putting your eye in uh, wrong place, which is individualism. The current culture is about because everything, individualism saying this, to be your 24-7 cosmic consultant and personal genie. And that is such wrong focus. Hebrews 12, too, says fixing our eyes. And the, when he says fix your eyes, it's not drifting. You don't drift into that. You, it's a... So let's talk about impact, and impact relationally, but also taking it even further than impact just relationally, impact, living a life of impact. And I can't wait for you to get to this passage. Ephesians 4 is the passage I want you to look at, and uh, but we'll come back in the fall and look more specifically at the book of Ephesians, which is an amazing book. So Ephesians 4, verse 1, as a worthy of the call, be gentle, every effort to keep the Now, keep, keep your Bible open because I want you to make sure that we, we embrace all of this. That's at the very beginning, Paul said, as a prisoner for the Lord. That's an interesting call. That is one who is bound upon Jesus, one whose point of reference is Jesus. Now, before we hurry and rush to some more, you need to understand when Paul was writing this, he was a prisoner of Rome. He's in jail. And so he very easily does things with you, concern these days. And again, I'm not downplaying the importance of him being in prison. I'm not downplaying the importance of the following things, but our tendency can be to say political issues that are that's bad. I'm, a, I'm a, of the unknown, and that would be to be quite Frank, that would be where I tend to find myself if I'm not careful. Is it, don't you, if I create the universe, I can probably take care of the church? Yeah, I guess so. 
but my tendency can be to be overwhelmed by the unknown. I mean, all of us missed that day at school on how we're supposed to live in a COVID season, right? We, we're living in such the unknown that we can begin, that can become our lens. And again, I'm not saying COVID is not important. I'm not saying the political issues are not important. I'm not saying that your current loss is not important. I'm not saying your current health issues are not important. I'm not downplaying that at all. But we've got to put our hope somewhere. And, and when we put our thing, hope in secondary things, they are going to change. Secondary things were never, never designed to be primary of impact for Christ, fixing our eyes upon Jesus. And so then he says, so has been centering around secondary things instead of putting my hope and trust in Christ. I am a prisoner. I am focused. And I want my impact to come from Christ, not secondary things. You're calling. That's why we're talking about having in the next uh, whatever it is, that we live a life worthy of our calling and if you, you and I have been chosen for the moves around you, don't downplay the importance. Why do you exist that operation? I don't need a renewal project in the universe here to have impact on the world around us. Leveraging, again, leveraging our strengths, what we're good at. Leveraging our position, leveraging where God has us, but for the most important renewal project in the universe, Jesus to me, for me. So, all of that being said then, how does authenticity come to live a life saying I'm about several things, several, several characteristics, and just brace yourself, it's good, but it's a little painful here. Are you ready? Number one, be complete, I'm humble. But because you have to make sure pride expects your friend's role to be the president of your fan club. In fact, a, a person who's prideful can say this. I can tell who's, by, who's judgmental by just looking at them. <laughs> and actually believe that. Or person, it just means thinking Number two, gentle. That you would be gentle. That's, that's hated strength. It's focused and restrained. It's not weakness. It's not being uh, just uh, uh, passive-aggressive kind of living. But it is focused. It is showing restraint. But it's gentle. Again, focus, keeping your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith, that we're to be gentle. Versus people are repulsed by you. Gentle. Another way to have huge impact is by being patient. It's the third thing you talked about. I want you to be patient with others without being willing. Patience is about focus. And what I've noticed is that when I'm impatient, well, it's they're driving me crazy that other people aren't doing what I want them to do, when I want them to do it, however much I want them to do it. But when my focus is on others and understanding more about what's going on in their world and caring about them, I have a lot more patience to offer. Next, he says, bearing with each other. Again, we're talking about not found with, you're willing to endure, 
you're willing to forbear, you're willing to Why is he saying this? And here's why, because you're in relationship with a less than perfect person. In fact, if you're sitting in a room with somebody else and here at church, turn to the person next to you and say, you are less than perfect. Yeah. See, we're all so less than perfect. And so we care with each other. We are in relationship. And when you're in, in, in community with others, you're in community with less than perfect people. And so why wouldn't you put up with them? It's formed. And so we're going and looking for the next perfect situation. God, help me to be that person that bears and puts up with. Here's the question. This call comes from Paul Tripp. He says, be honest. Whose sin bugs you more, your own sin or the sin of others? Ouch. Whose sin bugs you more, your own sin or the sin of everybody else around you? Again, focus is the issue because when you focus upon Jesus Christ, you I and he forgave me. How in the world can I withhold forgiveness when I move towards the end here? He says, make every effort to keep the unity of spirit. Make every, spare no effort in, 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 in pursuing peace with others. Spare no effort. In other words, be proactive. You are not, be proactive not keeping score. And then the last it says, be proactive in this way to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Keep the unity of the Spirit. The goal is you are two people, there are three opinions. And, and so the goal is not always uniformity, but it's saying, live my life in such a way that I'm, I'm calls for me to live a life spirit. Here, how this play, this to fall apart is conflict. Authentic relationships work out conflict differently. Let me just touch on these two and then we'll continue talking about impact uh, next week. Matthew 5, 23-24. If you're offering your gift at the altar and you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them and then come after your gift. If you're offering your gift at the altar and you know that someone has something against you, you go to them. If someone has something against you, you go to them. Your pro keep draw you back to verse 24. First go be reconciled and then give your gift. Just saying. <laughs> that we are proactive. If we want to live a life of impact, we're proactive. We keep the unity of, spirit, of the Spirit and knowing because we live with into conflict. It just happens. Seek to work it out. Oh, and by the way, either way, you're the one who goes and makes That's, that's how New Cove will merge. Called to be a part of a people to Jesus Christ. Now I pray that the life that you've called us to live, the calling that you have, that it would be kept alive by us putting our hope and trust in you and our eyes upon you. 
I'm living out our lives that we would be driven by becoming the kind of person that you want us to be. Father, we commit our lives to you. Father, this week with all of the things that are uh, the unknowns, all the changes, all the frustrations, Father, may our eyes be upon you and you give us the power and the strength to, uh, to impact in a way that points people to Jesus, that we just don't go to church, we are the church, that we are your representative. Father, I pray that you would develop us to be those, that kind of, of, of a person. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. The next song you, you're going to hear is listen to the, watch the lyrics, listen to the melody, but watch the lyrics and where it's true, man, nail that down, and where there's conviction uh, of God, then let, that, let the phrasing of the lyrics draw you to it.